Hi, I'm Pastor James, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church in Hillsborough, Oregon. Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. Our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so each weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please visit our website at www.isunrise.com, I-S-O-N-R-I-S-E.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you, grow along the journey of life with others, develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost, and then learn how to lead other people to know Jesus Christ. Now, on to our weekend message. There we go. Well, because he's an old guy, he makes fun of us young ones and gets away with it, you know. Uh, old guys do that all the time. And I'm here to represent the young people. I'm only eight, 82 and that's, hey, listen, we're going to live to 10,000 million years. What's 82, huh? So here I come to sunrise, although there's no sun outside, that's all. Uh, the sun is above the clouds. Uh, it's there for sure. And I'm just excited to be at Sunrise Church. I haven't been here for six years. He's been threatening me since last night. If you don't preach well, you're not coming back. So I know I'm not coming back. So it's nice to see you, and I'll see you the next time in heaven. Okay? That'll, that'll be it. But actually, he's a pretty good guy, and I think you're blessed to have him as a pastor. I don't know what they call him, the lead pastor. The old pastor, that's what he is. Yeah, and he's got a team of other younger fellows around him. Wonderful family, and I enjoy it very, very much. And uh, they also tell you you've got only 20 minutes or 30 or whatever, and I'm a Latin, you know, I come from Argentina, in 20 minutes, oh, we, we get to greet a person, you know, you're, yeah, you build up, then finally you get on with it, but Anglos are the kind who say to the Lord, Lord, send a revival to my church, but it better be before noon, or forget it, you know, so the, that's, anyway, uh, I was so excited that you um, are helping Cuba, Cuba is one of the Latin countries, they think they speak Spanish there, and, uh, but they had Castro, Fidel Castro for many years. Most of you kids don't even know or care. But for us old timers, there was a time when it looked like the U.S. and Cuba were going to war. And that the Russians were putting bombs there. And they could uh, destroy Miami, Washington. A lot of people want to destroy Washington. But they were actually going to do it. And uh, the, the then Kennedy said, we're going to... Quarantine Cuba. He couldn't pronounce Cuba, so he called it Cuba. And uh, Harvard and Yale. And um, anyway, so Castro was a, a atheist, so they killed many Catholic priests and many pastors and many other people. And now finally he died last year, but I still can't get in there. Uh, I tried to get in because uh, we have radio program and they, I got letters all the time. But when Castro was in his heyday, he would uh, uh, say, to people, uh, you know, when we take over Latin America, because they said we're the only free territory in the Americas, the worst dictatorship that ever was, but he thought he was free, uh, and uh, we're going to first kill the politicians and the lawyers, 
Second, we kill all the priests and all the pastors. And they kill quite a few against the wall. They used to call them paredón in Spanish. And uh, so one day, as a young guy, myself, a little hot-headed, I did a radio program that went into Cuba, and I called it Cristo o Castro. Yeah, you, you know, if you know Spanish, it's uh, you know, playing on words. It's either Christ or Castro. He didn't like it at all. And uh, when I tried to go after 50 years, uh, they wouldn't let me in. He said, if Palau comes, he can take a taxi drive and get back to Miami. So I never went. And uh, now, why did I start that? Oh, yeah, because I think you guys are doing a great job to help those pastors. They do earn very little money. And uh, the, the, the help you're going to give them will be glorious. I wish I could do it with you, but his brother Raul is in power and I still can't get in there. So there you go. I'm not supposed to. But you guys go. I've got a dollar to contribute myself. Uh, and uh, I hope you go. But anyway, uh, I, you know, when I was thinking about Cuba, I also got to thinking, today we're celebrating that Jesus is alive. You believe that? Yes, he is alive. And you know, he's alive because death couldn't hold him. He's God the Son. He uh, died on the cross because he loves the human race. He created us. He made us in our mother's womb. And he loves us. This morning I said it and I'm going to say it again. Jesus loves the Hindus. He died for all the Hindus. He was buried for all the Hindus and he rose from the dead because he wants to bless the Hindus. And in the first service, a gentleman with his wife came and confessed Jesus Christ. So another Hindu that really fell in love with Jesus Christ. Amen. It was exciting. But you know something? Jesus loves the Buddhists. I've been in China, I've been in Thailand, I've been in many places. Jesus died for all the Buddhists of the world. Jesus was buried for all the Buddhists of the world. Jesus uh, has risen for the Buddhists. And any Buddhist who believes in him and follows him has eternal life because he loves the Buddhists. And Jesus loves the Muslims. Our Lord Jesus Christ died for all the Muslims in the world because he loves the Muslims. And yes, amen, amen. And he was buried and he rose again to give the Muslims the love of God and the forgiveness of God. God even loves the Protestants and the Catholics. Can you believe that? Yeah, he even loves us. And uh, you say, well, we're lovable, really. Uh huh. Uh, but you know, he died for us. He was buried for us. He's alive. And today he's here with us. And so I'd like to bow our heads in a moment of prayer and uh, meditate for a second. There's a Bible verse that I want to read to you, which the Lord Jesus Christ said these holy words. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even if he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? The woman he was talking to said, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And then at the end of the Gospel of John, when he's explaining why he wrote this book by the Holy Spirit, these are, this is what it says. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book of John. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing 
you may have life, eternal life in his name. Lord Jesus Christ, blessed Son of God, we thank you that you were born of the Blessed Virgin Mary without a human father, and that you lived a perfect holy life, Lord. Thank you that you chose to go to the cross so that we could be forgiven so that we could become your children, so that we could have eternal life. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you buried our sins at the feet of the cross, and that on the third day you rose from the dead, and you're alive this morning, and we love you, and we worship you. Lord, speak to each of our hearts, speak to our souls, Speak to our spirit and tell us what we need to hear. And Lord, we look forward to the day when you come back in the clouds of heaven and you take us to be with yourself so that we can see you face to face and worship you and enjoy you forever. So Lord, we ask this morning, accept our offering, accept our praise, accept our worship, you're our Lord, you're our God, you're our Savior, and we love you with all our hearts. Bless every family that's here, O oh Lord, every single person, every divorced person, every widow, every widower, every abandoned boy or girl. O oh Lord, speak to us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. You know... Imagine if suddenly you hear the whir of a helicopter and you hear it landing in the parking lot just over there and you say to, to yourself, oh wow, who's coming? Is it Trump or Mrs. Clinton or the governor of Oregon or who's here? And suddenly the back door bangs open and everybody turns around and you look and here down the center aisle comes Jesus Christ himself. And you say, oh boy, who's getting it this time, you know? And he comes to you. And he says, I'm coming to dinner today as soon as Palau finishes. And I'm staying overnight. You say to your wife, get over there, woman. You know, clean the house. We left all the clothes on the floor. Go to Safeways and buy the best steak you can imagine. Jesus is coming to our town this morning. CNN will be there. Even they will come because it's so important. Would that change your life? Oh, you better believe it would. If Jesus Christ comes into your family and he stays for dinner, the whole neighborhood will be there. Why you? Why not my house, you know? But you know something? You don't see him, but Jesus Christ is here this morning. Amen. He said, where two or three get together in my name, I'm right there in the middle of the whole thing. And there's more than two or three here today, and he's here by the Holy Spirit. And furthermore, he wants to go to your house for dinner today and stay overnight. In fact, he says, if you open your heart to me, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. 
And you know, that is the truth. And that's why we're so excited this morning, because Jesus Christ is not in a tomb. I've been in Jerusalem, I've seen the empty tomb, there's nobody there. He rose from the dead, he's alive, he's the son of God, and therefore death couldn't hold him. And you know, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ has tremendous impact on our lives. It isn't just something that happened in history, it did, and we read some of it today. You may want to read even some more. But furthermore than that, Jesus Christ can impact your life today, as he does my life and the life of millions of people. I was in China not so long ago. There are 120 million Chinese who are in love with Jesus Christ. And you go to India, there's millions in India. All over the world, he is worshipped because he's alive, he's our creator. And the Bible puts it this way, a verse that impacted me when I was 17, where it says, God says, before I made you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I separated you. I gave you a message for the nations. And you know, God knows you by name. And so when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became a man through the Blessed Virgin Mary, and then lived a holy life, and went to the cross, he, do it, he did it voluntarily. He came of his own goodwill. He wanted to rescue us, forgive us our sins, come to live in our lives and in our families, and to give us eternal life with him forever. It's a marvelous message. And the resurrection is part of it. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, first of all, He came and rose from the dead to give us life. Life with a capital L. Life eternal. The real thing. The way life was meant to be. When we heard that military fellow telling his story about cutting himself. Why would a guy who's been in the war cut himself? He said that it brought relief. You know, people are looking for relief. We all are. And when we meet Jesus Christ, then finally we say, now I found what I was looking for. He cut himself. Other people get drunk. Other people do drugs. Other people have affairs with somebody that is not their husband or their wife. It's really amazing what people will do. There's a hunger, there's a despair. And Jesus Christ is alive, and if you let him into your life, you'll never be lonely again. Because he will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Life eternal. Secondly, the resurrection guarantees the perfect forgiveness of our sins. When God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, it was saying his sacrifice was perfect. And therefore I can forgive you a hundred percent all of your sins, past, present and future, because my son paid for it on the cross of Calvary. Thirdly, the resurrection changes our lives now on earth. Some people nowadays are in the habit of saying, I believe in Jesus, but not in the church. Uh, uh, And then other people say, well, the church is full of hypocrites. You know, I, I often answer and I say, you know something? I've been in the church since I was a little boy in various countries where I've lived. And there are very few hypocrites in the church. All the hypocrites I know are out in the world over there. Lying like crazy, cheating little old ladies for their retirement, you know, uh, saying that there's no God, that they're wonderful people. I've never heard anybody. Yeah, can I ask your mother-in-law and see if you've ever heard anybody, you know. Uh, But 
But the fact is this, that Jesus Christ came to change us and that he gives us power, supernatural power to overcome the temptations of our life. And I'll talk about it a little more in a few seconds. Not only does he give you spiritual power, he gives you willpower and he comes to live within you to give you that power. And then because of Jesus' resurrection, we lose the fear of death. The horror of what comes after we're gone from this earth. This earth. Now, death is not fun for anyone. Uh, death is the last enemy that we face, the Bible says, the Word of God. C.S. Lewis used to say, Christians are not afraid of death. It's the process of dying that gets a little messy. That's what we don't like. And it's true. But because when you know that if Jesus rose from the dead, we also are going to rise from the dead. Therefore, we're not afraid because we know where we're going when we die. I'll come back to it in a few seconds. The next thing I wanted to say is this. We, when Jesus rose from the dead, he gives us a living expectation. What the Bible calls hope. That one day... The Son of God will come back in the clouds of the air. It says that the trumpet of God will sound the shout of an archangel and thousands and millions who have died believing in Jesus will come with him. And we who are alive will be transformed in a second. And those who are with Jesus, their bodies will rise from the grave. And they'll receive a new body, and so will be. And then the Bible says, we will always be with the Lord. So, comfort one another with these words. Is the resurrection valuable or not? Very valuable. And it has all this tremendous impact in our lives. Now, you know, I want today to emphasize one, one thing only and then give you an invitation for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ so that you can know him for yourself and know the impact he can have in your life. There was a verse when I was a boy in Argentina that used to be talked about a lot. And it goes like this. It's in 2 Corinthians 5. It goes like this. If anyone is in Christ... They're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And they used to talk about it quite a bit, and they always made me sit in the front row so that I behave, I suppose. And uh, I would listen to these preachers. And they always would be very eloquent about that point. If anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And often as a kid I used to think, I wonder what is the old that is gone and the new that comes. And I don't remember anybody ever explaining it. So a few years ago, not too long ago, I made a list for myself of all the things that I have found after all these years about what changes when you open your heart to Christ. What is different? What's the change? If anyone's in Christ, you're a new person altogether. The old is gone, the new has come. What's old that's gone? What's new that's come? So let me give you a few. Uh, a buddy of mine who's a lawyer and a Christian. Can you believe that? Uh, he, uh, he also loves the Bible. And he's a very good Bible student. He's got a good mind. And he told me the other day, or oh, about three months ago, he said, Luis, there's not 22. I made a list of 22. He said, there's 52 things that happen when Christ comes into your life. So let me give you what I've got over here and what it said. I, I wrote it down, and all of you know it. Most of you in this room have experienced it for yourself. But some of you this morning have come ready, perhaps, to meet Jesus Christ, who is risen from the dead. Here we go. First of all, once I was lost, now I am found. Once I was blind to God, now I can see. 
Once I was dead spiritually, now I'm alive. Once I was a slave, now I am free. Is that staggering or what? And it's real. This is what happens the moment you open your heart to Christ. Now, if you're a child, maybe you don't understand it all. And even if you're an adult, when you give your life to Christ, you don't realize what all is going on. But you will as you grow spiritually. Because when you receive Christ, it's a moment of decision that leads to a lifetime of adjustments. And as you get to know Him, you begin to change. Here's some more. Once I was empty... Now I am the temple of the living God. Once I was in the darkness, spiritually, now I am in the light. Once I lived in two dimensions, body and soul. Now that He lives in me, I live in three dimensions, body, soul, and spirit. Once I was in the kingdom of Satan, now I am in the kingdom of God. Once I was guilty, now I am forgiven. Is that staggering or what? It's amazing and it's true. It isn't blah, blah, blah from a preacher who's got nothing else to do on a Sunday morning. This is reality and it's beautiful and it's the real thing. That's why he rose from the dead, but there's more. Here we go. Once I was in a slimy pit, now my feet are on the rock. Once I was condemned, now I'm exonerated because of the cross of Christ. Once I was a loser, now I'm a winner at the game of life because of Jesus Christ. Once I was hopeless, now I'm filled with expectation. Once I was on my way to hell, now I'm on my way to heaven. Hey, is that staggering or what? Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. And it's all true. And it's, many of us have experienced it. Some of us when we were kids. Some of you middle age. Some of you may be old timers. Moral timers need to hurry up because their days are short, you know. And I see a few gray hairs. Uh huh. Yeah, well, I was only 12 when I gave my heart to the Lord. And the thing that got me going was I came face to face with death two years before that. While I was in boarding school, my dad sent me there to learn English down in Argentina. And my grandma called me up and said, Luis, get on the train and go home quickly. Your daddy is very sick. I was only 10. And I thought, man, he must be dying. Why did the grandma call me up? I had to take a train, a subway, and another train to get to our home on the other side of Buenos Aires. And when I got there, my dad was dying. And he knew it. He was very sick. Ten days, he got bronchopneumonia, and they couldn't do anything for him. And he sat up in bed, the family all around the bed, and he began to sing a song and clap his hands, a song about heaven. From the Salvation Army, actually, but in Spanish. There's crowns up there, bright crowns for you and me. The palm of victory, the palm of victory. And he sang it three times. And then exhausted from the galloping fever, his head fell on the pillow. And my dad pointed up to heaven. And he quoted the words of the Bible, St. Paul. I'm going to be with Jesus, which is better by far. And a few moments later, he went to be with the Lord. I was 10 years old, and I thought, wow. We said to my mom, where is he? And she quoted from the Bible, he's with the Lord. He's in heaven. He prepared a place, and he took him. We don't know why so young. He was only 34. So when I was 12, two years later, at a summer camp, a counselor sat me down and, and, and told me, Luis, if you die tonight, are you going to heaven or hell? I said, I'm going to hell. 
And he said, you want to go there? I said, no, that's why I'm at camp. And he said, yeah. And, and he, said, uh, he said, do you know what you have to do to get to heaven then? I said, yes. Uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. They said, wait, wait, wait a minute. He said, why do you think you're going to hell? I said, because I'm a sinner. And he said, what kind of sins? Well, I have a foul temper. I swear a lot when I play football. And uh, I beat up on my sisters. I have five of them. You'd beat up on them too if you had five. And he said, yeah, you're right. You're going to hell. And uh, I, he did. I mean, such a nice boy, you know. And so he said to me, look, if you want to have eternal life, look at what it says. And he opened up a passage in the Bible that says, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised them from the dead, you shall be saved. So he said, do you believe in your heart that God raised them from the dead? I said, I do. He said, what's left to do? Confess him with my lips. So it was beginning to rain, so he was in a hurry to get back in the tent. And he put his arm around me and he said, okay, are you going to confess him or not? I said, yes. He put his arm around me and he led me in a prayer like I'm going to lead you in a few minutes. And I prayed, oh God, oh God. I deserve to go to hell. I deserve to go to hell. But I want eternal life. I want eternal life. I confess with my lips, Jesus, you are my Lord. I confess with my lips, Jesus, you are my Lord. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. God raised you from the dead. God raised you from the dead. And therefore, I have eternal life. And the rain was coming down. And I said to him, am I in? He said, yes, you're in. You've got eternal life. Jesus Christ has got... So we ran into the tent. And I said to all the boys, there were seven other boys in the tent. I said, I've got eternal life. I've got eternal life. And that was 70 years ago. I am older than the pastor. And, uh, and you know what? Walking with Jesus gets better every year. The more you know him, the more you enjoy. He... Well, here we go. Let me give you some more. Once I was rebellious, now I'm surrendered. Once I was on my own, I love this one, and it's so true. Now God answers my prayers. Once I was dirty, now I want to be pure and holy. Once I was a beggar, now I'm a child of the king. Once I was a loner, now I'm baptized into the family of God. Once I was an enemy of God, now I'm a friend of Jesus Christ. Once I was a selfish wretch, now I live for other people. Once I thought about dying, now I think about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Man, does that make a difference or not? And there's 30 more according to the lawyer. And uh, study it for yourself. But you know, dear friends, that is the truth. And many in this room, you've had the experience... Uh, some of you as boys and girls, some of you middle-aged, some of you maybe as old-timers. But it's never too late, but the earlier the better. You avoid so much trouble, so much foolishness, so much sin, so much pain. When you really give yourself to Christ and you walk with Him. Because these are the three big things that happen and I'm leading you in prayer. So that you can go home on this Easter Sunday and say, I, I've got eternal life. My sins are forgiven. I've been taken over by the Lord. I know where I'm going when my time comes. The first thing that will happen 
if you open your heart to Christ when I pray with you in a few moments, is that you will know by the tremendous peace that comes to your conscience that all your sins are forgiven once and for all and forever. Man, if that isn't the gift of God, I don't know what is. And the only one who can forgive you is the Lord Jesus Christ because He's the only one who paid for our sins on the cross. That's why He's the only way because He's the only one who paid for sin. And the Bible promises many promises, but this is a big one. In Hebrews 10, 17 it says, Your sins and evil behavior... I will remember no more, says the Lord. I love the two words, no more, no more. Your sins and evil, I will remember no more. Because on the cross, when Jesus Christ was crucified between two thieves, He paid the price that we should have paid. He suffered what we should have suffered. Because of our rebellion, nastiness, and living without Him. So your sins are forgiven in one moment, once, for all, and forever. Your sins and evil deeds I'll remember no more. When I talk to men alone, I often say, your mother-in-law may remember, but the Lord says, I will remember no more. You know, when he forgives, he forgives, and he'll never throw it up in your face again. Because what he did on the cross was a perfect dealing with sin. The second thing that will happen beginning tonight, to this morning, if you open your heart to Jesus Christ, is that this is amazing, it's astonishing, and it's true. You receive the Holy Spirit, and you become the temple of the living God. St. Peter says, inspired by the Holy Spirit, God does not live in temples made by human hands. He lives within his people. And you know, this would take a whole morning to talk about it, but I only have two minutes. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it's going to make a big difference. You may not understand it all. I was 12. I didn't get it all. After 70 years, I'm getting it. And you know, it's a beautiful thing. Because the Bible says, don't you know, listen to this, that your body becomes the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives within you and then it goes on to say if anyone destroys God's temple God will destroy him because God's temple is sacred and you are that temple in other words when you receive Christ it's an astonishing thing the cross is amazing this one is as amazing that God comes to live within you. That's bound to make a difference. And it is a different thing. It says, whoever joins himself to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. St. Peter chapter 1 says, Second Peter 1, 4 or something says, um, you have become, listen to this, partakers of the divine nature. When you open your heart to Christ, Jesus Christ, by His Spirit, literally comes to live within you. That's why the big change that happens. It isn't that you change religion, and you say, Oh, I used to be this, and now I'm that. Eh, that's secondary. The real thing is, that God Almighty, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live. Hey, it's going to change everything. I mean, everything. 
But you have to make the decision yourself. God doesn't kick in the door. He doesn't shove the door. He doesn't blow it up and insist on coming in. He knocks at your door of your heart. And he says, let me in, let me in. It says in one verse in the Bible, My son, look to my ways. Give me your heart, he says. In another place, he says, you remember most of you, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, says Jesus, and opens the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. In other words, we'll have a party that will never end. And you know, I'm always astonished how many people hear this amazing gift of God and just turn away and say, what the heck with it? I don't care. It's astonishing. And then they pay the price of cutting themselves, getting drunk, doing drugs, sleeping around, destroying the family, breaking up friendships. So foolish. We're like a bunch of idiots the way we behave. I didn't, shouldn't have said that, but it's true. Uh, you know, I mean, the way we behave and the price we pay. When the Lord is saying, let me in, let me come in. I will take over your life. It'll be a fabulous life. You're going to live the, you were always supposed to live. Life with a capital L. Real life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it in abundance, overflowing. And the third thing that will happen is this. First, all your sins are forgiven once for all and forever through the blood of Jesus Christ. Second, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you and you know that you know that you're different. Something changes. Imagine you walked... Without the Lord this morning, maybe with a family member or boy or girlfriend or whatever. And suddenly you meet Jesus Christ. You'll never be the same. And it's all for the good because he came that we might have life and rejoice in the Lord always, the Bible said. Following Jesus Christ. The only negative that I see in the whole Bible about following Jesus Christ is persecution. Some people will laugh at you. Some people will call you nuts. Some people will never invite you to a party again. Well, tough on them if they don't want you. Some people will say you're crazy. You say, fine, I'm crazy. What are you then? You know, you don't say that, but you think it. And, uh, you know, but you know Jesus Christ. Listen, when you know God, you'll never be the same. You become a child of God. And then the third thing that I'll mention, because there's 52, as the lawyer said. When you die, you know exactly where you're going. Jesus Christ said, don't be afraid, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I'll come back and I'll take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. Uh, yeah, give him a hand, it's a good deal, good deal, good. He said, in my father's house there are many mansions. Otherwise, I would have told you. And I'm going to prepare one for you. I love mansions. Some modern translations call it a room. Sounds like Motel 6 to me. You know, I, I prefer a mansion, you know. I'm going to prepare a mansion for you. And you know, dear friends, my dad died. He knew he was dying. Because at age 24, 10 years before the Lord took him home with a quick 10-day illness, my dad opened his heart to Christ. In a meeting just like this one, only smaller, he opened his life to Christ. And the last 10 years of his life, he as a businessman and he did well. But he spent all his spare time trying to lead other people to eternal life. I as a little boy remember him always talking to people. Whatever your age this morning, 
Open your heart to the Son of God. All your sins will be forgiven once for all and forever. The Holy Spirit will come into your life and transform you from the inside out. And you know where you're going when you die. Have you ever heard a better deal than that? And that's what's called good news. And it's a gift of God. He's not asking you to make a payment for it. He's not asking you to make some ridiculous promise that you can't keep. He says, I stand at your door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. It's the beginning of a glorious life. Are you going to receive him in your life? Are you going to reject him? It's your choice. The offer is on the table. The Lord says, come and get it. Or rather, let me come in and get you. Open your heart and I will come into you. And the way to open your heart is very simple. You simply, it's as if I go to your house after lunch or for lunch. And I knock on the front door and you have to make a decision. You see me out the window and you say, oh boy, it's Palau. He talks too much. Uh huh. You got to make a decision. If you don't want me to come in, just leave the door closed. You don't need to shout, we don't want South Americans here. You just leave the door closed and I'll knock two or three times and if you don't open, I'm gone. But if you want me to come in, all you have to do is open the door and say, Welcome, Palau. Come on in. Sit down. The house is yours, as the Mexicans say. And I move into your place. Uh huh. And Jesus Christ says that. I'm standing at the door and knocking. If you've heard my voice, open the door. I will come into you. And he, and he will do the rest. Yes, you'll begin to obey, but you'll enjoy obeying. Yes, you'll begin to study the New Testament because it teaches you his thoughts and what he's trying to do with your life. But that's what makes life so exciting. It's a gift of God. Eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that's why he rose from the dead. And so today, 16 April 2017... If you open your heart to Jesus Christ, you'll never forget it. Every time you drive down that Cornell Road and see sunrise, you'll say, inside that building over there, Christ came in here. And I've never been the same. It's a gift of God, dear friends. But you have to make the decision. Whether you're a boy or a girl, teenage kid, college, working, middle age, old grandpa, old timers, you should hurry a little faster than the young ones. Because you never know, baby. It's going to happen any day. And there's only two airports to land. Heaven or H-E-L-L. There's no other option. United cannot take you anywhere else. Uh They they may drag you out, but they can't take you in. I shouldn't have said that. But, um... ah, That was frivolous. Yeah. But true... (laughs) So the decision is yours, dear friends. Granny, Grandpa, if you haven't opened your heart to Christ and you've seen your daughter or your son or your grandchildren happy in Jesus and you're the only grouch, give your life to Christ, Grandpa. What are you waiting for? If you reject Him, don't blame Him if you land in the H-E-L-L. You will. No kidding. I have to say it or I will be an unfaithful messenger. But God doesn't want to talk about that, especially on Resurrection Sunday. He wants you to receive Christ and go home dancing on one foot and saying, My sins are forgiven. 
I'm the temple of the living God. Christ lives in me. I know where I'm going when I die. You might even shout, Hallelujah. Not too loud so they don't think you're a Pentecostal. But you know, I mean, you're happy. You've got eternal life. Don't mess up. And for those of you young people, don't be, I'm going to say it though my mother said never to say, don't be stupid. If you give your life to Christ, you'll enjoy life. He will guide your life. He will direct it. He will try and stop you from making foolish decisions. He'll bring the right man or the right woman into your life if he wants you to be a married person. He will give you up. Don't wreck your life. Don't come when you're decrepit at age 65. Oh God, have mercy on me. Sure he'll have mercy on you. But you wasted all those years. So give him your heart today. Let me guide you in prayer. And I pray that all of you, dear friends, I may never see you again on this side of heaven, but I hope I'll see you up there. Yeah. Let's, let's stand for prayer. Let's stand in the presence of God. And I want to lead you in a prayer so that you can yourself open your heart to Jesus Christ and let Him come into your life. That decision only you can make. Not your father, not your mother, not your sister, nor your brother. Only you can invite Jesus Christ into your life. And I hope that if you understood what he says to you today, you will open your heart. Remember what he said, I stand at your door and knock. If you've heard my voice and opened the door, Jesus says, I will come into your life and eat with you and you with me. So receive him this morning. And the best way I know is to lead you in a prayer. So I will lead you and guide you. If you feel it in your heart, pray it out loud in unison with the rest of the bunch. If you've never in your life Open your heart to Christ. This is your moment of decision. If you drifted away from God, and this morning you say, Luis, will God take me back? The answer is, of course He will. So you join us in this prayer too. And those of you who love the Lord, it's a prayer of thanksgiving. So let's pray together in unison, out loud. And for those of you who are going to receive Jesus Christ, you will always remember April 16, 2017, Christ came into your life. I hope all of you sincerely invite him into your heart. Pray with me in unison this prayer out loud. Oh God, our Father, you are a loving God. You're a loving Father. Thank you for making me, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for becoming a man, for dying on the cross, to take away my guilt, to forgive my sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you rose from the dead. You're alive this morning. And I confess with my lips, Jesus, you are my Lord. I believe in my heart 
God raised you from the dead. And therefore I have eternal life. I will serve you Lord Jesus. I will obey you. And one day in heaven. I'll see you face to face. What a day that's going to be. I thank you Father. Christ now lives in my life. I'm yours forever. And I thank you in his name. Amen.